blood, this is for the tears, this is for my pain and my plight. Two walk in, but only one of us is walking out of here tonight. I'm a survivor. Fighting my life. Come on, let's stronger. What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I am yours truly, Sean Williams. And, of course, this weekend we had the Academy Awards. So, I got I got that and a few other things to talk about. First off, before I get into other stuff. Now, I've been doing pod... I mean, I've done podcasting before, but I only got back into it a couple months ago. And been doing it for a couple months. So, with the wrestling one, that one's pretty easy and straightforward to talk about because you have the one topic. This one, I wanted to do something different. And of course, generally the original idea was to talk sports, entertainment, all the other stuff that I don't talk about on my other podcast. But somehow, even when I do this show, I feel like there is something that's off. And I'm not trying to be apologetic about the way this podcast has been. Far from it. What what I'm saying is that what I figured out is that I'm trying is that I want to do something that's different. I don't want to be like any other podcast that is talking about the cat the categories that I mentioned earlier. I want to give I want to be able to do something that stands out. What I realize with podcasting is that one of the things you have to be able to embrace with podcasting is you have to be you have to be unafraid of standing out. For everyone that does a podcast, we all have our own rhythm. We have all have our own method to what we do when we do our own podcasts. And my good friend Brian H. Waters, who you've heard in his plug for this show, called my opinion raw and unfiltered. And that's true. I want to be able to be raw, unfiltered, unapologetic, and, for lack of a better term, real. Not just to entertain you guys, which, believe me, I... That's, of course, one of the core elements on why I do the podcast is to entertain. But also, if I can do something that... If I can say something that somehow somebody is finds themselves connected with or inspires, if anything along those lines, then that's, a comp- that's an accomplishment that I, would, that I would wear with the utmost pride. So yeah, I will talk about sports, I will talk about entertainment, I will talk about the superhero stuff. Video games, all that, all of that. But also, a lot of 
my the opinions I I will give. Sometimes I'll delve deep. Sometimes I'll I'll be well for lack of a better term, I'll be real. And I'm hoping you guys like that and I'm hoping you find you get you get something out of it. And that's what I I've come to realize is what I want to do with this particular podcast is to give not just the opinion, my own opinions on the topics mentioned, but also let you guys kind of peer into life from certain aspects in life from my own view. And I'm hoping you guys find something within that. So I wanted to make sure that I got that message across when I did this one, and hoping you guys like that. Anyway, one thing I want to talk about before the Oscars is regarding Lakers basketball. Now, this Thursday, I was able to have a guys' night out with with my younger brother. We had we went to the Staples Center, had <laughs> pretty badass seats for the. Lakers versus Rockets game. Now, what, um, watching the the game itself, I mean, it was rough at first because they they of course struggled. The Lakers did. And let me point out, this is the, and I've said this a few times, but once again, this is the first time I've ever seen LeBron James play live, or James Harden for that matter. And while amazing and impressive as James Harden was, I couldn't help but grimace every time he he did make make a shot because I just thought, as impressive as that is, as a Lakers fan, that was painful. And when they did the Laker intros, including LeBron James, I couldn't help but I couldn't help thinking to myself, "Behold the King, the King of Kings." And I'm not going to lie that when it, they were down 19 points and they didn't look like they were getting the lead back anytime soon, I was kind of ready to I was kind of ready to leave early because it was hard to watch. But then they start coming back. And they come back from a 19-point lead. And James Harden fouls out. And then almost immediately after, Chris Paul fouls out. Mike D'Antoni gets a technical foul and throws a fit to the point where James Harden has to pull him back. And the Lakers end up winning that game and the whole place just went nuts. And I threw my voice out the next day because of how loud I was cheering and cursing out referees for making a lot of crappy calls. Now, I know that James Harden was pretty vocal about the referees, particularly, I believe, the name of the referee was Scott Foster. But, memo to the Rockets and to James Harden. The referees didn't cost you that game. It's got nothing to do with the referees. You had us on the ropes. You had a 19-point lead, and you let it slip. You had all your guys, no injury problems, you had your full 
full arsenal. And you let that victory slip out of your fingers. The, refer- the referees didn't do that. That was you. So I was happy about that because that was definitely a statement maker for the Lakers. Of course, I wish I could say that um, I was happy about yesterday with the Pelicans, but not quite. Not only did the Lakers lose that game, but they lost to the Pelicans who were without Anthony Davis. So, I just, I'm, my mind's boggled by that. But, you know, for the Lakers, they got to get a rhythm down. They have to r- remain consistent. They can't be, they can't show the these inconsistencies like win-loss, win-loss, heading into the playoffs. At this point, every win and every loss counts for everything if you want to get in. Right now, I mean, it's two games after the All-Star break. All we can do is hope for the best with the Lakers. And meantime, I'll talk a little bit about the Oscars. Now, you know, I gotta say, as far as the having no host, I didn't really notice much of a difference. Maybe a difference in in the flow of it, but that's about it. Um, Herschela Ali ended up winning Best Supporting Actor for Green Book. Regina King ended up winning Best Supporting Actress. You know, and I know I thought Emily Blunt was nominated, but I think I got with the SAG Awards and with the um, Golden Globes, I think it kind of got thrown off a little bit. So that's my bad on that one. But um, I will say that uh, Olivia Coleman ended up winning for the favorite for Best Actress instead of Glenn Close. I didn't see that coming. Remy Malik winning Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody. I couldn't be happier for the guy on that one. And, of course, I was just through the roof. Just couldn't be happier for Lady Gaga winning Best Song for A Star is Born for Shallow. And her performance with Bradley Cooper at the Academy Awards just blew me away. To me, the biggest highlights for the Academy Awards was that performance and also Adam Lambert performing with Queen at the start of the show, which, you know, if he's touring with the remaining members of Queen, I'm hoping that they do a live album because from what I've heard, from what I saw tonight and what I've heard, he is just really good and it sounds great. And I've said this before that, you know, I don't, I think what makes, what makes it work so well is the fact that he's not trying to impersonate Freddie Mercury. He's doing his own thing with the group and it works. I mean, George Michael, God rest his soul, when he performed, um, when he performed Somebody to Love at, at a tribute concert for Freddie Mercury and for Queen, He performed with Queen that song, and it was fantastic. Again, he wasn't trying to sound like Freddie Mercury. He was doing his own thing, and it worked great. 
Although I can't say the same for when they had Axl Rose do We Will Rock You with Queen because, well, that one didn't sound as good, but that's because Axl's vocals with Queen, not a good mixture. And, of course, one other thrill that I took out of the Academy Awards, even though it didn't win Best Picture, Black Panther did end up walking away with three Academy Awards, also marking the first Academy Awards that Marvel has scored with any of their movies. So, to which I'll say, and I've pretty much been saying it all night, or posting about it all night, Wakanda Forever. And, of course, one thing that I'd never... I never thought I would live to see it happen, but I'm, I'm proud that it did. Spike Lee is now an Academy Award winner. Because he actually got an award for Black Klansman. I'm not saying that it's not well-deserved. I'm just, I, I'm just in awe that it happened. And, you know, mad props to him. Green Book ended up winning the Best Picture, which which uh, shocked the heck out of everybody. It, I think, for me personally, I was of course rooting for Black Panther, but I was also rooting for Bohemian Rhapsody. And again, I would have liked it if A Star Is Born won it also, but... One thing I'm thankful for is that it wasn't uh, Roma. I don't get what, I don't get the appeal of that movie. I mean, it's not because it's a foreign film, it's black and white, and has subtitles. That's not the problem. But that thing was slow as hell. That movie moved like a tractor in a molasses pit. It just didn't work. I mean, that thing was slow, was so freaking slow. I mean, that's, that's, there's a few things in movies that can drive me nuts. Poor lighting, a lousy story, no script whatsoever, or if you're too slow. If you're too slow, you're going to lose my attention. But, you know, it just falls into the category of a movie that that has gotten praise, but I just don't see the appeal of it. The Three Billboards movie... I tried to get into that movie, but by the end of it, I was just kind of bored as hell, and the ending felt kind of open-ended. Like, I just... I was like, that's it? Traffic sets, holds the record of the only movie that I've ever fallen asleep, or the first movie I ever fell asleep watching in a movie theater. And when I woke up and realized I was still in there, I was like, how much longer is this movie? And of course, um, my parents have watched The English Patient and, and they've been vocal on how much they hated that movie. Which, to this day, I've never watched. And another movie I've never watched because I've heard bad things about it is Babel. Which, what I heard about that movie was you never find yourself kind of hating life. Or feeling like you're hating life more than after watching that movie. In fact, one quote I heard was that after watching that movie, I had to go to a 
I had to go to the Yellow Pages to find a therapist. Ouch. Of course, one other thing from the Academy Awards today or tonight was was the in memoriam segment. You know, that one is always hard to watch. This one kind of hit me a little harder because of re- recognizing quite a few names that were in that list. Albert Finney was probably the most recent one, but ones that really hurt, of course, Neil Simon, Margot Kidder, Burt Reynolds, and, of course, the great one himself, Stan Lee. Speaking of Marvel, I was I was happy to, I mean, I guess, it was hap- I was happy that another one that Marvel walked away with was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse ended up walking away with the best animated feature. You know, it comes out tomorrow night on iTunes. I'm going to get that movie and watch it again just to see what exactly if maybe I was wrong. I want to see if maybe because if I watch it on a smaller screen and not trying to focus on everything on the on a big screen, maybe I'll enjoy that movie more. Cuz I got a condition I have a stagnus with my eyes, so I can't keep focused or I have trouble focusing on one thing at for an extended amount of time. So when my brother pointed that out, he or he can understand why that may kind of hinder me from enjoying the movie. I had actually completely forgotten about that, which when he pointed that out to me, that actually explains a lot. So I am hoping that if I watch it like on my phone or on, even on a TV, that I'll enjoy the movie a lot more the second time around. So keep you posted on that one, see how that goes. But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after this, so people don't go anywhere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Room, and you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of Sean Williams. Now back to Variety Bites. And we are back. Of course, that was my good friend Brian H. Waters. Make sure you check out The Wrestling Realm with him and another good friend of mine, Dwayne Allen, on YouTube. And, of course, check out Break It Down with Brian H., as well as Wrestling for the Culture, which can be featured, which is featured on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and any, any other platform where you can find podcasts. So make sure you check that out. You know, looking through my iTunes library tonight, one show that I have, the, the complete series, well, almost complete series, is The Man Show, which featured Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel. Now, why don't I have the complete, the complete series? Because the final season of that show featured Joe Rogan and Doug Stanhope. Rogan may be one thing, he's alright, but Doug Stanhope is just... His style of comedy is brutal, bland, and just not funny. And... I don't like how he how he responded to people who have attacked him saying that he ki- he ended up killing the man show and he said that no the the show was already 
was already crappy before he took it over. No, the show was just fine without him. Adam and Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel made that show work. Him and Joe Rogan, <laughs> that was basically like going, well, let me put it like this. Going from Adam and Jimmy is like to Joe Rogan and Doug Stanhope. That's like going from from a porterhouse steak to some dried out meatloaf that's been sitting in the school cafeteria for months. That's how bad it was. Now, that was something that when I was in when I was young in my younger years and that was on, that was something I would have liked to have seen seen live. But of course that never came into fruition. Another thing that I would have liked to have seen or at least worked on, like even if it was behind the well, behind the scenes, I mean, even if I was never a personality on that, was Attack of the Show that was on the what used to be the G4 network. I mean, I love the tech stuff. I love their coverage of Comic-Con. It was basically it was basically Valhalla or just Eden for for the nerds. And of course, one guy, even though I know he's he's doing his show Hack My Life, which which I've I've enjoyed watching that uh, is Kevin Pereira. And of course, one other show I missed from another one that I've missed that that I would have liked working on when it was when it was around was X-Play. But that never came into fruition. But then again, you kind of have to blame G4 itself on that one because you had those two shows, but that was it. You never tried to build around anything and try to establish the network. I mean, the only thing you really had was those two shows, Cheaters and uh, reruns of Cops. That's not going to get you very far. But, um... (laughs) Watching one episode of The Man Show where they talked about bets and how... and the thrill that some people get out of betting their friends. One of the stupidest things that I ever... I can remember doing... was chugging a pitcher of Coke... At Speed Zone, at a uh, at a work party, and actually doing that, and I gotta tell you, it was probably the. I mean, because my stomach was killing me, and I felt sick as hell afterwards. But that, without question, has to be one of the dumbest things that I've ever been dared to do. And it's always been something that I swore to myself I would never do again. Not just because of the stupidity of chugging a pitcher of soda. It's also the fact that I realize I'm not the quote-unquote chugging type. I'm just not. Then again, I once once also (laughs) drank a two-liter bottle of Pepsi once. And nobody dared me to do that. I just did that 
on my own volition. Why? I have no idea. I just wanted to see if I could actually do it. And that's yet something else that I've never repeated. Or attempted to try and do, I mean. One thing that's been bothering me, and I feel it feels like every kind of quote-unquote nerd news site wants to try and be like this TMZ style. So I've seen several posts talking about a few things as of late. One is that Supergirl is in danger of being canceled. Another is that Arrow and Legends may wrap their series next season. The other is that Danielle Panabaker may be leaving The Flash at the end of the season. Okay, so let me address a couple of these things. First off, Supergirl was already picked up for a season five. So how can it be in danger of being canceled if the if the CW already picked it up for next season. And that was about a month ago when they announced that. So that story is kind of moot. Now as far as Legends and... As far as Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow, of the two, the only, the only one I could see possibly ending next season would be Arrow. And while it has nowhere near been as terrible as it was in Season 4 and Season 5, it's still nowhere close to what the show used to be in the first two seasons. And as far as um, Danielle Panabaker leaving, she she just directed an episode this season. Why would she leave? She hasn't exactly shown any signs about wanting to leave that show. Of course, the article did indicate maybe it's a negotiation tactic to get to for a new contract, which it's possible. This season did mark 100 episodes for The Flash, so that means syndication and usually... That's kind of when negotiations for contracts start to take place. But of course, some some talk has been that with the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline and indication that the Arrowverse will be drastically changed next season or next year with that crossover, some are thinking that that'll mean some of those shows will, will meet their end after that crossover. Why has it always got to be about cancellation? Maybe if... And here's my own theory, and it's got nothing to do with cancellation. Maybe what we're going to see is the multiverse come to an end. So it is all one. So it'll all be on one place. It's one Earth, not multiple Earths. So you'd have Supergirl on the same Earth as Green Arrow and Flash. And just that whole thing, which would make it a little bit easier to do crossovers. Then again, my dream would be to see one whole show with just all of them on there uh, forming their own Justice League. But that's just me. But you know, another thing to consider is that 
a lot of the cast members haven't shown any interest that they're or any indication that they may may be done. I mean, Melissa Benoist seems to be having a blast playing Supergirl. Stephen Amell seems to be still enjoy playing Oliver Queen. And no pun intended here because of the whole speed reference thing or whatever. Grant Gustin has shown no signs of slowing down or wanting to slow down playing playing the Flash. And you know, I, I keep telling one I keep telling myself one of these times that I want to go to the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest conventions. So I because there's a lot of the cast members from those shows that I would love to meet. Of course, Melissa Benoist being probably the highest one up there. But I would like to meet some of the other ones, too. And, and, and Stephen Amell being one not only just for his portrayal of Oliver Queen, but him being a pro wrestling fan and him actually participating in pro wrestling matches one, about two times, I believe. Kind of respect him for that. I mean, he d gives a serious effort. He doesn't want to make the match look bad, and he takes bumps. He does everything that they pretty much require him to do. So I find that admirable. And the list goes on. I mean, so far I've met Candace Patton. I've met Danielle Pennebaker. But I want to meet the rest of them. Of course, if, there were, if one of the conventions I go to um, has Victor Garber, famously known as Martin Stein from Legends of Tomorrow and Flash, I would definitely love to meet him and, of course, say to him that it's truly an honor to meet an actor of his, a veteran actor of his caliber. And one convention that was recently announced by Creation Entertainment this week, or about a week or so ago, they are finally doing another Vampire Diaries convention in Burbank. Unfortunately, I wish they would... I'm hoping that they improve their guest list soon because, you know, if they get one or two people who I'd love to meet that are on... are at the conventions in Jersey and or Chicago, if they can get them at the Burbank one, then I won't need to make a trip to either one of those. So, here's hoping on that one. And, of course, one movie that's coming out this week is Greta, which has Chloe Grace Moretz. It's a thriller movie where she retrieves a bag for a elderly woman, but the elderly woman is obsessive and uh, psychotic. I don't know if I can watch that movie, just because... She's a sweet girl, and I hate seeing... I don't know. I feel kind of bad having to watch something like something bad happen to certain people, including her, in a movie. So, I don't know. Maybe call that the softy type part of me, but whatever. And, um, of course, Captain Marvel comes out next week, which so far the earlier views have been promising despite fake troll accounts on Rotten Tomatoes posting basically hate comments about about the um about the movie you know for these internet trolls 
I really don't get the thrill you get out of spreading hate on the internet and just throwing slander, slanderous comment after slanderous comment. I mean, is this? do you really hate your life so much that you just gotta rip into something else? It's like, does your life have no other meaning unless you're hating on something? And normally I would say for something like that, it'd be funny if it wasn't so sad, but no, there's nothing funny about that. It's just a truly sad and pathetic existence. And to those, to those same people, you have my pity. And you barely deserve that. So this week I'm aiming to... I'll definitely be aiming to get my ticket for Captain Marvel. Which I'm still holding true to what I said, and I think... Brie Larson is going to surprise a lot of people. But, of course, <laughs> I know the first reaction I'm going to have following that movie is it's going to be a long wait until Avengers Endgame. Which, that one, I expect nothing short of just being spectacular. And then after that, it'll be just waiting for Spider-Man Homecoming. Or, sorry, excuse me. Not Spider-Man Homecoming, but Spider-Man Far From Home. Which I think it should also be good because I've really enjoyed Tom Holland's rendition of, of Spider-Man. And lastly, something else that I keep seeing is that somebody keeps putting up this picture of a compare-contrast. It has a picture of Barack Obama with the caption with the caption saying Samsung and then has next to it a picture of Trump saying Apple. Please don't do that. Not only because not only is it dumb, it's also inaccurate in the sense, well, you know why Apple is not Trump? Cuz Apple actually works. Yeah, I said it. Plus, I've been an Apple user for years, so don't don't taint something that I enjoy using or products that I enjoy using with a guy who wouldn't know the meaning of the word hard work if it slapped him across the face. And lastly, uh, one other... I know I said it before, but lastly, one other thing, because I didn't want to end on that note, is that um, Ezra Miller, who played the Flash in the Justice League movie, apparently says that the Flash movie will introduce a Flash multiverse, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, how about it introduces a movie version of the Flash that I actually like? Otherwise, they would have been better off if they used the TV version. I'm sorry, I'm I'm biased, I know, but I just did not like. I did not like the movie version of The Flash. I just didn't. So Spike Lee, I know I keep saying lastly, but I just saw the headline saying that Spike Lee apparently wasn't very happy about Green Book winning Best Picture. 
<laughs> truthfully, I think he would have been he probably would have been pissed off about any of the other nominees getting getting best picture except for his own. All I can say is, Spike, you finally got an Academy Award. Don't taint it. Don't ruin it by being a sore loser just because your picture didn't get all the awards. You got Best Adapted Screenplay. You finally got an Academy Award. Embrace that. In, and most of all, enjoy it. That's all I'm saying. I haven't seen Green Book, so I have no idea whether it deserved Best, best Picture or not. Personally, again, I I say I was saying I I was rooting for Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther, and also A Star Is Born. But overall, I was happy with the Academy Awards, and I don't think they made any bad calls. But no, then again, it is Spike Lee we're talking about, so. Him reacting like this and trying to be controversial or outspoken really isn't that shocking. And with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up. You can follow me on Twitter, at Prime 81 I changed the Instagram handle for the show. It's now Sean at Sean underscore Williams underscore podcast. And, of course, the Facebook group is Variety Bites, so feel free to join that. That's where I'll send out or post a lot of my own questions, a lot of my own reports and also, like, articles and opinions on anything sports and entertainment. So, with that being said, we'll be back next week, or next time. And, of course, if you like the show, feel feel free to do, to make to make a donation to it, however much you want to spare, depending on how much you enjoyed what you're hearing, and just to help keep the show going. And, of course, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Google, and any place else where you get pod, where you can find us, which is also on Spotify, on Podbean, and Google Podcasts as well, and, of course, here on Anchor. And, and also, write a review. Like, on iTunes especially, write a review. Like, get, let me know what you guys think. And also on the Facebook group and on Twitter, if you got something that you would like to see me talk about, hit me up with it. Until next time, this has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and I'm out of here. I am in-